The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Change is the one constant in life. It is inevitable and it will happen to all of us at one time or another. Whether we like it or not, people and circumstances will change. We will get sick, loved ones will die, jobs will be lost, couples will grow apart, and children will move out. And when that happens, we are scared and sometimes lost. But here is the good news. Each one of us can write the next chapter of our life. No matter what we face, with the right mindset and unwavering tenacity, we can raise the curtain to a second act. I'm Joan Herman, and through my Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand and Second Acts, it is my mission to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation to write the next part of your story. And what a story it will be. Welcome to Second Acts. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for joining us. Many people hunger for success, but struggle to balance what they pursue on the outside with what they need on the inside. According to today's guest, Dr. Hitendra Wadwa, we can learn how to have our outer success reflect our inner core. He joins us today to discuss how our five core energies can create outer impact from a place of inner mastery. Dr. Wadwa is a professor at Columbia Business School and founder of the Mentora Institute and Mentora Foundation. He is the author of the book, Inner Mastery, Outer Impact, How Your Five Core Energies Hold the Key to Success. Welcome, Dr. Wadwa. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Joan. Pleasure to be here with you and your listeners. Dr. Many people strive for success. We, we all want to be liked. We want to be loved and respected. And we believe that the way we're seen on the outside often determines how we see ourselves. Why do we do this? Why do we look to the outside for internal validation? I think it's important to realize that so much of um, this comes from our cultural roots. We are uh, almost messaged in this way from a very early stage in our life to look for that outer validation. And that, while it's true in a very dominant way in our Western ethic, uh, it's not necessarily true in all cultures all the time. Um, And so I have the blessing of having immigrated to America at the age of 21, uh, having embraced and adopted this land as as my country, as my culture, and at the same time having always had my roots, you know, come from where I grew up, which was in India. 
And um, therefore, having seen uh, these uh, dueling kind of you know views of life as coming from the East and, uh, and now from the West, uh, I have had the opportunity to be able to uh, recognize that there are actually you know, two pathways you know, to how to think about yourself and your sense of self-worth. One is from within and the other is from without. Um, and it's not in any way wrong to have a outer kind of measure to uh, who you are and how you show up and what your sense of worth and engagement is with the world, because we do owe a responsibility you know, to society around us, that we are a worthy citizen in some ways, and that we are doing work that is valued you know, in the world. Uh, and at the same time, um, you know, the, the opportunity is there for us to pause, to look within, and to recognize that there is something so beautiful, so pure, so unconditionally already whole, from the inside, that once we start to access that, which is what I found the wisdom from the East, you know, having having brought to me, once we start to access that, we can actually start doing our best outer work. Yeah, I agree because, you know, everything on the outside, all the things that we talk about out there, they're fleeting. They don't last. And if our, if the view of ourselves, the way we value ourselves and see ourselves. If it's so dependent on what we have or what other people see, things that can be taken away at any time, that's when we find ourselves in trouble, I think. Would you agree with that? That's a beautiful way of uh, thinking about it. And I often tell my students at uh, Columbia Business School, who are very ambitious, you know, they're, they're there at school because they're seeking to set the foundations for uh, a career-long pursuit of, you know, outer success that, uh, you know, just look at the 2008 mortgage meltdown crisis, where some of these, you know, titans of Wall Street suddenly had their foundations shaken and people who were geniuses in school were suddenly displaced because Lehman Brothers just crashed. You know, um, we often do not control uh, the outer shifts and changes that are happening uh, in the world, in our communities, in our organizations, in our societies, and, and at times even painfully so in our families. Uh, at the same time, we can control how we show up from the inside, what we cultivate and activate as a spirit from the inside. And when we do that, then we have the opportunity to, in every moment in life, show up very centered from the inside, very anchored from the inside, and yet very agile from the outside. You know, so for some people, that's a, a little bit of a, cop out because they feel like yeah but you know on the outside i want to have clear direction clear purpose clear goals and i i don't want to give them up just because things are changing around me on the outside and i like to help them see how you know when we are having ambition and pursuing goals on the outside we are doing that for a reason we are doing that to express our true self to really do our best to pursue a certain purpose-driven or values-based path because we see those goals as the outer expressions of our values. And if you see it that way, then one, one way to kind of blend these two is from the inside, always be anchored in your values, in your purpose. But then from the outside, seek to express them in new ways, in fresh ways, in ways that adapt to the ever-changing conditions around you. 
One of the biggest lessons I learned from doing this work, I'm in a a unique situation because I get to meet all kinds of people. And I have met people over the years who would have every right or reason to fall apart in life. People who were born without arms and legs and became quadriplegics and had some of the the biggest challenges you can imagine, um, children that were killed. And yet they are living a joy-filled purposeful life because of that inner strength. And and that was just one of the biggest things that impacted me so much is that we have that ability that no matter what we go through to to master this inner strength and and you know to as you say to show up in the world in a different way. And these people have gone on to inspire millions around the world with their story and their teachings. You are so right. You're so right. And in fact, uh, Joan, let me take what you're saying and up it one notch, right? Which is that, um, you know, like you, I've been blessed to meet some of these people. Um, I have had many stories like this being shared with me by uh, executives and students uh, in my classes and executive programs because I I draw that out. I ask uh, every participant in my program to share a personal journey. And sometimes it's about themselves and sometimes it's about a very inspiring member of their family. And I'll give you one example. You know, there was Dr. Anna Pavlik. You know, she was in my executive MBA program. And she mentioned how at a very young age, she was very drawn to the idea that she was going to fight cancer. You know, she was literally in... Um, you know, in school when she just had this keen draw towards wanting to ultimately be a cancer doctor, an oncologist. Um, And along the way, she has had um, her boyfriend when she was in college uh, succumb to cancer and and, and die. Uh, And then later she gets married, um, dates somebody and gets married. And then after 20 years of a beautiful marriage, he gets cancer and he dies. Uh, So, you know, talking about tragedy and loss and suffering in life. I mean, she's, you know, exhibit number one you know, in, in that. Uh, and at the same time, what has happened is that through this suffering and this loss, it's brought a lot more humanity to her own journey as an oncologist. She did end up studying medicine and becoming a cancer doctor. And not just has she, um, through her research, contributed to improving the odds of survival for people, for example, with stage four melanoma from like 5% or 65%, which is one of the things which she's credited for. But in addition, she says these beautiful things about how she has developed so much empathy and the capacity to connect with her patients and their families in a way that wouldn't have been possible without her personal experience. She says, it's given me the ability to talk to patients' families. They understand that I get it, that this is not a job. This is very personal to me. This is why I am there for people from the time they walk into my office and say, here you go, take care of me. You know, I'll be there either until the day that they are cured and become part of my extended family or until they pass away. And if they do pass, I will ensure that they pass away with dignity, knowing that they were loved and cared for. You know, uh, what I read into that story is that sometimes pain and suffering and loss that comes to us can be our greatest catalyst for change, for growth, for wisdom, for insight that allows us to bring a special gift into the world. I couldn't agree with you more because that is how I got started doing this work. All of this, the brand creation, the show, everything I do came from a period of six months in my life where 
my mother and sister died, my 23-year marriage ended, and my son left for college. So it was like I had this life one day, and the next day it was gone. And so Mm -hmm. from that pain and from that darkness, everything that I am doing, it was born and it has grown from that. So I absolutely Mm -hmm. understand what you're saying. And, And actually, I see it quite often in a lot of the people I meet. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, you know, I mean, that is such a powerful thing that you've shared about your own journey, John. I'm grateful that uh, it has led you to this work uh, and be that you're sharing this now, you know, with us and with me. Um, I sometimes feel that every moment in life is like a conversation the universe is having with us. You know, the universe doesn't have a voice where suddenly the clouds will part and you know, the light will shine and it will speak like in a human, human voice, but it, it speaks to us through every experience that it gives us. And, and sometimes what it's trying to say is that, John or Hitendra, you have no idea how much strength, how much grace, how much love, how much joy you have within you. I want to wake you up to that. And we all do in in different degrees. We all have a similar story. Mine might be a little bit more dramatic. Someone else's may be even more dramatic than mine. But we all have these change moments in our life where we have to make a choice of of which direction we're going to take. Correct, correct. And sometimes they come from moments of, you know, like shock, pain, suffering, loss. Uh, Sometimes they can be, in some ways, almost the opposite you know you are cruising through life and i found in some cases with some people there is a stirring you know that happens within a certain moment of deep inspiration and then it sort of fades away because we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of our daily routine and so i I'd like to encourage people to look within check with their inner experiences not just their outer experiences you know those moments where stirrings and inklings come to us and pay attention to them, honor them, because sometimes in those lies the seed of your true purpose. Um, in my case, I had a stirring like that, very, very uh, beautiful, um, you know, hunger that got unleashed when I was a teenager to want to really deepen, in a sense, my spiritual explorations. And I only marginally responded to it. You know, for the most part, I was continuing to get caught up in the swirl of ambition on the outside and I was I was almost twice that age you know I was, I was 17 that time and it was when I was 34 <laughs> that I finally at some point woke up to the realization that Kitendra, you've been operating under the assumption that you can get all the richness and beauty and joy that you want from your outer pursuits but you remember you remember that inkling that came to you when you were 17 and you really wanted to go on a deeper inner journey as well well it's time for you to pay attention to that and respond to that and do something about it. So, yeah, so I've also noticed that, you know, in some cases, paying attention to moments of inspiration and pulls that we experience from within can be a way to awaken to a deeper purpose in life. Doctor, will you take us through your five core energies that you write about? Sure, sure. Thank you. I have evolved these over the course of my 15 years of teaching, um, a class called Personal Leadership and Success at Columbia. And what I was seeking to do there is help us recognize that we are not just in this world playing an outer game, but we're also playing an inner game. And when I say inner, I don't just mean the distinction between our professional life on the outside 
and the personal life that we lead on the inside. Because even in our families and in our circle of friends and community, sometimes basically what we are playing is the outer game. The inner game is our thoughts, our feelings, our intentions, our motivations, our values, our beliefs. Um, and so these five core energies are a way to help understand and organize and approach the mastery over your inner game. Now, the first of these energies is, is purpose. And purpose is about having clarity about why you do the things you do. Uh, for every conversation, for every relationship, for every project you take on, a next stage in your career that you're working on, um, what is the deeper why behind it, the purpose behind it? And then what you seek to do is re-express that purpose in the form of the right markers or milestones or goals on the outside from time to time. Yes, I want to achieve this goal and that goal in my personal life or my professional life, but it's always in service of a deeper purpose that I believe in and I want to pursue. So that's the purpose energy. Um, the second is wisdom. Wisdom is about seeking the truth in all situations. Sometimes truth comes knocking on our door and we refuse to listen to it. Uh, it comes in the form of a you know, subtle change of the facial expression of the person in front of us that reveals to us that this person actually may not be enjoying what is it that you've just shared or may not be agreeing with it, but we ignore it and we just keep you know, talking um, and ha don't really respect the fact that maybe I should pause and inquire and check in, how are you doing? How are you feeling about this conversation? So wisdom is about seeking the subtle, nuanced truth in all situations and making sure that our emotions and our thoughts are always directed in service of the higher purpose that we are pursuing. Because you know, emotions can be beautiful things as long as we are using them in service of something noble and uplifting. Uh, and so that's the wisdom energy. Um, the third is growth. And, and growth is about recognizing that you know, I'm always a work in progress. There's always a part of me that uh, is still waiting for me to awaken to a higher potential within me. And therefore, I am not going to be limited by some confining view of my personality or my character or the way I have approached situations in the past, my habits and impulses. I am more than that. And I can keep over time regrooving so to say, my brain. So that's the growth energy. Uh, the fourth is, is love. So, so love is about, as Rumi, one of these uh, very beautiful um, Sufi poets, uh, whose, whose work is very popular in, in America amongst poetry lovers, you know, he once said, he said, love is the bridge between you and everything. And so, so love is a recognition that there is no such thing as a self-made woman or a self-made man. You know, we all ultimately in some ways, intricately connected with the web of relationships and you know, just our, our connection with nature. There is a certain interdependency. And therefore, life is inviting us um, when we fall in love, when we have a child. You know, our heart expands to the point where their joy becomes our joy and their success becomes our success. But the same can be then expanded further to allow us to feel that with our colleagues at work and with others in our community and the people of other nations and the future generations. The idea that uh, you take joy in their joy and you find success in their success. And that is love. 
And then the fifth and final is what I call self-realization. Uh, self-realization is about recognizing that beyond our physical self and beyond our thoughts and our feelings from within lies a space of pure spirit within us, pure consciousness within us. And that is our true home. And there are pathways through which we can access it, taking walks in nature, spending uh, time in rich solitude, like in journaling, or in mindfulness, or meditation, uh, or deep prayer. Um, I have found that um, you know people who have access to these kinds of practices on a regular basis in their life have a deeper, more subtler appreciation of this, you know, just... Um, uh, you know, uh, a, a undercurrent of peace and tranquility and joy that just exists within them. And that is self-realization, recognition that everything that you're looking for from the outside in some ways is already available to you on the inside. So, Dr. Fur, someone who's listening to you right now and wants to begin on this journey, is there one area that's more important than another? Is it something they should be working on simultaneously? Or if you just tap into one of these energies, do the others tend to fall into place? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. And I certainly do not uh, believe that there is one singular path here. Uh, and at the same time, there are you know, right and wrong ways to do it. Uh, so think of this in the following way. Think of a mountaintop. And at the very top of that mountain, at the peak, lies your full attunement with your inner core. You know, think of your inner core as the space of the highest potential within you. Uh, from where, when you operate you know, from that place, you are beyond insecurities and, um, you know, attachments and ego. You're deeply committed to a noble cause. You're very connected with people around you, curious and open to growth, very centered, you know, from, you know, a very, very beautiful, joyful place within and, and calm and receptive to truth. And that's your inner core. And you can experience it on the inside and then express it in everything you do on the outside. And, and to get there, you know, there are different pathways. And um, each of us in some ways is like a truth seeker, you know, seeking to walk our path up to that mountaintop. And, and some of us might be more purpose-driven and some might be more wisdom-driven and some might be more love-driven and and beyond and, and and that is perfectly perfectly appropriate for you to pick a energy and a way of engaging with your inner and outer lives that most naturally comes to you that you're most drawn to uh, and then in my book i explain five stages through which each of us can advance on any of these energies so there are five stages for purpose five for love five for wisdom and beyond um, and so I would encourage us to start by asking ourselves which of these five am I most, which of these five energies am I most drawn to, um, and then for that energy, seek to check in on where you are today and what is the first next step you can take to, let's say, the wisdom, to gain more mastery over your emotions, to gain more awareness over your thoughts, and then learn to re-script the ones that are holding you back from your full potential. Then move from thoughts to a much deeper construct, which is your beliefs. Uh, and then from beliefs to perhaps an even deeper construct, which is your capacity to approach moments with a drive towards high performance, but also a non-attachment to the outcome. 
uh, and beyond. And what I was just sharing was examples of those five stages, you know, acquiring acquiring wisdom. And so um, one way to figure out sort of which of these you want to take is to ask yourself, what's your greatest hunger right now? You know, it may be that there is a certain pain that you are seeking to transcend, overcome, or a certain hunger you have for a more beautiful life, for a more inspiring life that you want, or, or more success in your, in your professional life or in a relationship. So start by something that is really pulling you right now. And then ask yourself, okay, which of these energies do I feel may help me most in advancing that cause? And then use that as a way to... Uh, start this journey up the mountaintop to the very core of your being. The book is Inner Mastery, Outer Impact, How Your Five Core Energies Hold the Key to Success. Dr. Where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Thank you. Uh, Hitendra.com. So that's my first name, H-I-T-E-N-D-R-A, Hitendra.com. And um, I have a few articles there. I have an opportunity if um, folks are interested to sign up on a newsletter. There's also more information on the book. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. It has really been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, John. Thank you for the work you do at a very critical hour in you know, the history of our you know, beloved planet to really invest in these stories and these inner pursuits that can get us to sustain happiness. And I'm grateful for this time here with your listeners. I wish you and all your listeners all the best in your journey in life and at work towards fulfillment, lifelong fulfillment. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, subscribe to our mailing list, check out our articles, magazine, book club, and be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.